I think it's important that we as scientists step out of the labs and the research institutions and workplaces and be advocates for science because if we don't do it, who will? And that was Jared, a meteorologist who took part in the March for Science on April 22nd in Washington, D.C. Throughout the podcast, we'll hear more from other scientists who are making their voices heard. And we can't forget about your perspective either because you were there in the rain as well. Yeah, it was great. It was really exciting. It was kind of wet, but it was very empowering as well. And so I'm really looking forward to sharing my personal perspective here on Weather Hype, a podcast where we talk about weather, climate, and how it affects you. And today we're going to be talking all about the March for Science. So stay tuned. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring I was born on a storm When I get gone, I get gone And I don't need anyone to know better Welcome back from DC. Hello. What? what? How are you? Doing fine. And yourself? Good, sir. Not too bad. It was exhausting. I will say being in DC, and and I'll go into uh, that perspective again about the march. But uh, four of my friends and I, well, three of my friends and I, we drove up from from Greenville in East Carolina. Drove to Alexandria, where my friend Jake and Michaela, they're awesome. They let us stay with them and uh, were awesome hosts. Showed us to uh, some really good restaurants. We went to a place called Nando's, which is peri-peri chicken, which is South African and Portuguese Ooh. mixed together. They only have about 30 restaurants domestically, and they're not really found well in, in America. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's more found in a lot of international locations. But Nando's, I've been there a couple of times. Uh, one time in Vancouver, and actually, I've been to the one in Alexandria about three years ago. And my brother introduced it to me, and I said, we have to go. And I was so excited to get it again because it's been a while. But it's like char-grilled chicken in a special way with peri-peri, which is a style of how you cook the chicken with different seasonings. Mm. And they have like five or six different sauces that you can put on there, like a kind of like a hot Mm. sauce kind of thing going on. The extra hot is it will probably kill you. (laughs) I got the hot and that was already pretty spicy. And I think... My friend got the medium and she was like, it was burning her mouth. She got it in her oh pita gosh. and just like poured it in there. And she was like, oh my God, it's so spicy. And I was like, it's not, but okay. <laughs> I'm so weak when it comes to spicy food. So I would have to get like the negative spicy sauce. Negative. Uh, <laughs> what's the scale for heat? The Schofield index or something? I can't forget what the oh, uh, there's a called. there's a scale for heat? Yeah. Like a uh, Scoville mm. units, I think. And like a jalapeno is like 1700 or something like that. And a habanero mm. is like way more than that and like the ghost pepper one of the hottest peppers in the world is like thirty thousand units or something it's crazy but anyway we, we ate there and then we went to a gelato place and that was beyond amazing i got like a berry flavored gelato mixed with a i think dolce de leche is what i got which is kind of a caramelly kind of taste but apparently that's not really your flavor is it, it? sounds so gross <laughs> but why like what would you mix if you had gelato I don't know what, because gelato is, how is it different from ice cream? It's more... There's more sugar it, content, and I only know that because I watched the Lizzie McGuire movie, and I'm pretty sure that's what they <gasps> said. Oh, makes Which, me want to watch it. It keeps my, popping up on my Netflix, and I want to rewatch it. I mean, it. you might as well rewatch it. If you have some downtime, you might as well do it. But 
another tangent. It was funny because we were in DC and we were walking past some fountains, and I said, "What if we had a <gasps> reverse Lizzie McGuire?" Oh my god! Where like someone from Italy after their high school graduation came to That's America amazing. and found someone instead of Paolo, they found Paul. <laughs> Love it. This uh, sounds like part two. Like yeah, I, I mean, just go for it. It's overdue. It. I think there really needs to be a part two somehow, some way, you know. But anyway, I uh, I had a lot of fun, and I guess you know people are listening to this episode because they want to hear about the March for Science, not so much our love for Hillary Duff, Lizzie McGuire, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Gordo. Oh, forever friend zoned. Maybe he maybe got out of the friend zone. The world may, may never. We will know. never know. Yeah, we unless we have know. a sequel. So let's switch gears and kind of tackle the topic of our podcast. So you went and experienced the science march. So can can you kind of give us your perspective or maybe some highlights that kind of stand out to you from the march? Yeah, for sure. So the march and the festivities were kind of happening next to the Washington Monument. And it was forecast to be pretty rainy, but like light showers during the morning and the early afternoon. And then by the time the march starts at two, it was forecast to be like pretty rainy, like moderate rain showers and stuff like that. When I got there, it was actually showering pretty heavily and everyone, everything was wet. There were puddles everywhere and people had on their ponchos, people had on their uh, hats and they had umbrellas out. The rainfall, I don't know if it kind of kept attendance lower but it definitely mm. dampened i feel like the spirits a little bit about where we are yeah so we had a lineup to get through security and there are two different checkpoints i think to get into the grounds where they had the stage and they had all the performers and people who were talking to us and stuff and it took probably close to an hour to get in the checkpoints were winding around and around and around and it was almost like getting into a concert except like worse it was Ugh. It was insane. And Except I mean, we were all... nothing fun on the other so, side. Yeah. Well, there was fun. <laughs> it was, um, I mean, it took us a while, but once we got through, it was okay. We, there was a stage and we heard people talking. Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, he had a little bit to say. And then also the scientists who found out that there was a abnormally large amount of lead in the Flint, Michigan water system. Ooh. She gave a talk and then little uh, students and kids gave talks too. And it was very... Uh, it was just very empowering to hear the adults talking, but also the children and really why we're doing what we're doing. And this, the kids right. were saying like, you know, they're probably like three or four. And someone were like, I stand here today because I care about science. I care about the world. And I don't want, you know, another kid to go through the same thing I went through in Flint, Michigan. And like, oh. how does that not tug at your heartstrings? You know, that yeah. was was very impactful and kind of reminded everybody why we were there once i got into the festival grounds trying to find certain people like i was was trying to meet with a friend chris and jared finally was able to but oh my gosh it took like 45 minutes for me to find chris and then chris had left jared to find me and then jared's phone died and then his friend's phone didn't have service so we were trying to walk around find each other but enjoy and listen to what they're saying on stage as well Right. It took probably like two and a half hours total to find everybody. So that was <laughs> very interesting. Not that we, it was pretty expected, though, with 100,000 people plus in a crowded area. It's going to be kind of hard to find people, you know, but we found them. And then funny story, right next to where we found Jared and Kira, um, we found my two friends from ECU in the undergraduate program. We didn't come up with them and we didn't even know they were going. But one of them caught up my name and I was like, whoa, holy crap, like, what are you guys doing here? And it just we happened to be, you. yeah, like in that same spot, I found Jared and, and Kira. And then I found uh, my two friends, Madison and Leah, too. I was like, wow, like, what are the chances? We couldn't find anybody for hours. And then all of a sudden we find everyone 
within this tiny little area, you know? But yeah, no, we marched. Uh, afterwards at two, I grouped up with my other group of friends. So I had three groups of people with me. And it was kind of kind of rough trying to gather everyone together at first. But once we were together, it wasn't too bad. But we marched from the Washington Monument down the street to near the Capitol building. And people had signs and people were chanting and cheering. Can I ask how long the like the loop was or how long the Yeah, the so march? it's actually kind of interesting. The march itself really wasn't that long. It wasn't hmm. long at all. It stepped off from the Washington Monument. I forget what street it was on, but it, we were marching in the street next to the African American <laughs> Museum or Museum of African American History and then the American History Museum. And then we wound down that way. And then we, when we got to the uh, Capitol building, we all kind of dispersed along the uh, the pool or the lake that was in front. And we ended there. So that started at 2. And we marched probably for like 35 minutes total. So it wasn't really long. I don't know. It was very interesting. I think the talks on stage were pretty cool. And that really got me riled up a little bit. And we were all cheering. But when little things here and there, like if you're holding an umbrella, you can't really clap. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. the clapping wasn't very loud. The cheering was pretty loud, but also people were kind of like, oh my gosh, it's cold and I'm wet. So that kind of dampened things too. As empowering as it was, I will say there were a lot of, I find, downfalls or negatives in the whole thing. The uh, The march itself, I felt like could have been longer and could have taken place on more public roads. I don't know how the rules are. Yeah, I was going to ask, Is it was it roped off? It like, was. They had police okay, barricades so, and stuff, and they had yeah, dump trucks that were blocking so people money. couldn't. Yeah, it does cost a lot of money. And so. <laughs> Especially in DC. It should. I think I it's taxpayer imagine. money, though. I don't think the event organizers have to foot that bill. I think they have to get a permit, but I'm not sure that they have to pay for every single, like, security feature for the event. Um, but, like, for the march, was, uh, the women's march, I think it was going into the streets in other places in DC, or maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know. But the route was really short, so I was kind of like, eh, that wasn't very long, because I was expecting to walk a lot more along the march. And then when we were chanting and cheering, like people had awesome signs. One of them had like a Groot sign from Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and people had like uh, a picture of Trump and called him the Lion King instead of the Lion King. Oh, get yeah, it? Got yeah. It. yeah got it. <laughs> there were some funny things. And then also people had like their little uh, biology science, chemistry science, like jokes and stuff. <laughs> One of them that made me laugh, it was like a statistics quantitative joke, and it was referring to Trump. It was like, grab him by the P value. <laughs> and I laughed at that so much, even though it's kind of <laughs> like, mm, that was, mm, I don't know how tasteful that was, but there was so many cool signs. And I'll, I'll post pictures of uh, some of the pictures I took at the event on our website, but yeah, one thing I guess I was a little bit disheartened by, not disheartened, but kind of bummed out by was... You know, we've heard these chants and cheers before from other marches. Like when I was in Seattle, they seem to have a very coordinated effort to chant and cheer certain phrases and certain words. And for the Women's March, I felt like that was the same thing. And I keep on comparing it to the Women's March because I think that's like the biggest event that's happened in D.C. so far since Trump took office. But the Science March didn't really have, I feel like, a coordinated message in a way. And that may resonate with the overall march itself. But... People were kind of chanting and cheering random things here and there, but there wasn't a, there was a couple of moments maybe where the people around me were all chanting the same thing, but it didn't sound unified. And I know it might seem trivial, but it creates a really powerful message when everybody is chanting and cheering the same thing down the whole entire march, you know, and that wasn't happening. I'm wondering if it was too planned. 
What do you mean? If that makes sense. Because like we've been, we're both in the Facebook like March for Science group, and yeah. for months and months, people are like, "I've come up with this chant and this chant and this shirt, and like I'm so excited to do this chant and this chant." Mm. But we weren't like thinking about how can we come together as scientists and like push one message. Everyone was so excited to show off their cool rhyme that they had come up with. Yeah, or... that's that's like so a really good I'm, point. So I'm wondering if it was in a way like too planned to be like to push one effective message. Yeah. So instead of like I get what you're saying. At first I was like I don't know what you mean by too planned, but now yeah I get it. You get more time, yeah. you start thinking about stuff more, and then you come up with your own creative ideas. Right. And that is a good and a bad thing. Like I think people had their own T-shirts, and that's great. People had their own mm-hmm. signs and made their own signs too. And they were very creative and funny. That's really good too. But I think when it comes to like the verbal audio um, aspect right. of it, I felt like a more unified message would have been more effective in showing somehow that we were all bonded together. Because the March for Science incorporates so many different fields, right? Like mm-hmm. meteorology, right. Uh, you know, GIS, we had someone say. And we have so many other people in chemistry, physics, anywhere that you can think of. And... The fact that we're also so diverse. Also social sciences. Exactly. Social sciences too. Those. Oh, yeah. Never forget social sciences. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we, it's so diverse and I think it really showed and it may be a negative in this aspect because, you know, maybe mm-hmm. people aren't really empowered because they don't see the unifying idea and, and the, you know, themes that are kind of outspoken. There is that common discourse that's al- already in science where like the hard sciences always think that they're results or their data is more important or more factual than the social sciences um so i'm sure that those may not specifically been at play but i'm sure there was some inherent like biases going on yeah no for um, sure and with that you know that that is definitely potentially a problem with that and it's not like people were watching on the sides like random tourists right. were watching it was all pretty much scientists so we were preaching to each other essentially <laughs> it's not like a crowd like trump wasn't standing there like oh good good job guys like right. that wasn't happening but i think what was happening was when i was going through the march for probably 75 percent of the march itself it was just very quiet we just walked and like laughed oh, and talked and I was like not expecting that because even in Seattle, when there was the um, the protesting about the ban on travel for certain Muslim right. countries, I was it was definitely more empowering. We were all cheering and chanting, and that came up like that happened very quickly after the uh, travel ban. So that might be going back to what you're saying, how mm-hmm. there wasn't really much time, but people had these ideas in the back pocket and, and used them, and everyone was listening. In this one, it just didn't seem like we were all saying the same thing. At one point, I think one of the chants were, um, where scientists were wet, were really, really upset. And I was like, that's cool-ish. Um, but like, uh, you know. Upset about what? We're just upset. <laughs> upset about it being wet. <laughs> being upset, wet. <laughs> <laughs> upset about life. I don't know. And then there was another one that was about like alternative facts that we were chanting for a little bit. And it was just kind of awkward. I wanted to say something too. And like start initiate a chant, but I was like, what if no one does it? And it's just going to add more noise to the crowd. So like, what's the point? So, Mm -hmm. you know, as a result, it was just pretty quiet for a lot of it. And I I didn't feel empowered in the march itself. I felt more empowered when I was standing at the rally with the stage and performers and speakers talking. But during the march itself, I was talking to other people. We all had our signs. We all kind of like talked with each other and then was like, oh, hey, cool sign or hey, cool outfit or whatever. But yeah, it didn't really seem like we were 
unified and i think that might have been one downfall i don't i haven't really heard anyone talk about it but it was definitely a really strong observation that i had and i don't know if anyone's really addressed that yet for future Mm -hmm. martial sciences and that might just be like my perspective i don't know if other people had the same experience too because there were probably i think over 400 or 500 satellite marches going on in several hundred communities around the Mm -hmm. country and around the world and with a smaller attendance for some of the smaller uh, rallies, I'd imagine they're probably more unified and probably sounded more unified with that as well. So, because I know in Savannah they had a march with several hundred people and they walked down from Forsyth Park, which is a big park in downtown Savannah, down Bull Street. And along that street, they had people with scientific posters educating the public about certain things about what they're doing. And oh, they and I awesome. was like, that's a really cool idea that you couldn't have done in a bigger rally like in D.C. Right. You know, I think local mm-hmm. communities definitely put their own spin on it. And that's really awesome. And going to I think it's just because I was thinking about we went to the main rally in D.C. Then I was expecting it to be more more something, I guess. And I guess more pr- put together, professional or like top notch or something like that yeah and that was kind of one problem that i found with it and when we got to the end we all dispersed at the uh, near the capitol grounds and there wasn't really like what do we do next no one knew what we were supposed to do we all got there and then we Mm. took pictures and we all talked a little bit and then we're like okay the rain's still coming down there's not yeah there's nothing like we're we're not saying anything there's no one to meet us at the end of it to say anything and we all kind of got we're like okay well here we are now what do we do I don't know. So I don't know if there were like instructions or if the instructions could have been better about what to do. But I was that would be another critique of mine too. Like once we got to the end, so what? Like are we supposed to march to the Capitol and keep on standing there and chanting? Because that definitely didn't happen. And mm-hmm. I was just confused because, you know, when you get to the end of a march, you want to like stand there, cheer and have people talking and saying, hey, good job. But let's keep on going in our own communities, in our own classrooms and stuff. Just being part of this uh, group of people stand for what everybody should be standing for, making our voices heard and letting people in politics know that a scientist shouldn't be uh, pushed around. So did you meet anyone um, that maybe stood out to you or because you talked about how you you talked to a lot of people during the march and told them that their sign was cool or that they had a cool outfit on. So was anyone that kind of stood out to you yeah. in the march? Yeah, so I actually, when I was entering the uh, grounds of where the march was happening and we were all kind of uh, lining up and establishing ourselves, I got a chance to shake hands and talk to you briefly with Bill Foster. So he's a congressman, a Democrat from Illinois, and he's, I think, the only PhD trained scientist in all of Congress. Pretty cool. Oh, wow. And he was talking to the uh, people who were walking in and saying, you know, I'm here to support you guys. And I think he got to Washington, D.C., even though there was like a break for the Congress. They didn't even have to be there. And he came back and he was like, yeah, I'm going to be here not as a Democrat, not as a congressman, but as a scientist to make my voice heard as well as you all are doing here. And, you know, as an only PhD trained scientist, you know, he understands the value of what we do in the science community, peer review for one, and really vetting the information that we come up with. Like, we're not just pulling numbers out of a hat or pulling data out of somewhere. He understands the scientific process of coming to conclusions, developing hypotheses, and, and, and putting that into lawmaking and politics. Because a lot of times people in politics are just kind of pulling things left and right and not really having an informed decision based on facts and that's something we really pride ourselves on in the science community and so he wanted to make that voice and make that point 
very clear. And I think that was awesome. So kudos to him for, for being there and for representing not just politicians and elected officials, but scientists who also have the possibility of doing so much more, too. Do we know if Trump was actually in D.C. I w- during the science march? I want to say he was in Mar-a-Lago, but I cannot yeah, remember. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I'm not quite sure. Awkward. Yeah, I know. But it's fine. We're, you know, we still were out there doing our thing. There were, like, right. you know, tons of people. I, I talked to somebody... Um, who is in environmental health, and she had a lot of things to say about the March for Science as well. Um, I just hope that we can get our voices heard and put it out there that science is important. I mean, it's the reason why we have, you know, cures for diseases. It's the reason why we have light bulbs. It's like, it's the reason why we're all living. So it's, you know, it's important that people realize that and actually pay attention to it. And also, you know, I talked to a lot of people and asked them, you know, why are you marching? What's so important about this day that got you to come out? and make your voice heard. And this is what they had to say. Science is an important thing to keep and fund. To make sure that science is used to drive policy matters and we're not, we don't rely on our inherent feelings about a certain idea or a certain certain topic. Um, we need to stick to the truth and the data and let that guide us in our policy choices. So now that the March for Science is over, I guess you could say, what do you know what their next steps are or what we're kind of looking towards for the future? How we're going to kind of make science more approachable or kind of a topic that's brought up more in like the policy realm, I guess? Yeah. And so the March for Science organization, after the March itself on Saturday, the uh, 22nd of April, they dedicated every day after that for a week to a main theme or central focal point. So the Sunday after, they had a theme of engage and engagement, trying to engage with the community that you live in and doing other stuff like that. And on Monday, it was discover. Tuesday was empower. Wednesday was creativity or creation and creates. And then Thursday, it's going to be communication. Friday, it's going to be advocates and being an advocate for science. And then Saturday, it's connection and connects. They have on their website those different themes, and they offer ways for you to get involved with that theme. And so that's an interesting way of of mobilizing people after the march. And there should be more events coming down the way as well, I think. But yeah, it's definitely the march again. You have to understand that this march is symbolic, but it should not be the terminus for what we're doing in the science community right. where shouldn't stop no there. definitely should not stop there and i kept on telling people you know get out and vote you know make your voices heard in the political arena but also make your voices heard and your actions strong with your students in your classroom or community mm-hmm. leaders that you you know may surround yourself with and you know anybody that you can educate about what you do that's going to be incredibly important in what we're trying to accomplish do you know how well like the media picked up on the science march? Because I, I can't remember if I saw any like big articles about it or things kind of approaching it. Like I hadn't even heard of this seven day thing after the fact until you just mentioned it. I only found out so about I'm the seven wondering... day thing like an hour before this recording this with you, honestly. I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah. And I'm part of the March for Science and I get the emails from them. So maybe I'm not paying attention as much. I mean, in terms of the media coverage, I think that people, outlets definitely covered it. The New York Times, Washington Post, and several large network stations. But I don't know, like just because they covered it doesn't mean that there's going to be a lot of people talking about it. It definitely, I don't think, made a big splash 
outside of the scientific community as much as we would, would have wanted it to. I know looking at local coverage like in Savannah and in other communities, the local outlets definitely covered it as well. And it's a Saturday. So the news cycle, yeah, like it's, that was my other question. It's not very big <laughs> on a Saturday. Let's be real. No one's really paying attention on a Saturday because they're all out and about doing stuff. And that's totally understandable. But I didn't really hear much from it after the weekend. And on the weekend, again, right. no one pays attention. So the impact factor, if you will, of this march, I don't know, may have not been as strong as I would have hoped it would be, except for those who participated and those who saw it happening and then those who may have read about it in the news or on the website or on social media. Um, but I think that definitely the momentum is there and we can definitely continue with that in science, in the scientific community, and bring that to people everywhere, no matter what you study, no matter what you do. It's very important, kind of like what we heard earlier from uh, from our friend Katie. So you mentioned all the things that are happening after the march. How are you personally feeling about marching? And what is like maybe one thing that you're going to take away from the march moving forward in your driven, passionate way of devoting yourself to science and science policy and your potential future career in government oh wow that was like is that an interview question <laughs> it is you know the thing is before the march for science i already feel like i was out in the community doing my part educating students and uh, faculty and staff everywhere that i go i always try to preach and communicate what i do personally i've always been a science communicator and i don't think that i'm actually changing that much i'm only going to continue doing what i'm doing and also i'm kind of ingraining myself more into politics. I said before, I wouldn't mind running for an elected office. I don't know what that would be, but I think this helped to solidify a little bit more of why I want to do it because I think scientists can definitely lobby in a way for political folks to kind of understand the science and, and generate laws and, and legislation based on the facts. But I also think a big part of it is kind of like what we talked about earlier with being a scientist and being in Congress at the same time Maybe nowadays it's not enough to educate politicians. We might have actually have to be a politician ourselves to get mm -hmm. work and action done and to really try to lead our country in a positive uh, direction when it comes to acknowledging the science. And science really does make everything, right? Like someone said earlier, a light bulb is made by science, but like the microphone we're recording on. Science helped to create that. Right. Science helped to keep us healthy. I think a lot of times people are, have a disconnect because they don't realize and they take for granted so many things that they have nowadays. But every single thing that you do, everything you touch, everything you use, that is somehow based on science and the idea of testing things, creating things, developing things. And so when we say science, I think people think of, oh, people in lab coats who are really smart and they're <laughs> way above me. No, like you know, scientists, some may be like that. I don't know. But not all scientists have lab coats. You know, scientists are... We don't all fit that stereotype. No, especially you and I. We definitely don't fit that stereotype. Right. Um, I mean, sometimes I don't even consider myself a scientist. I just consider myself... Yeah, I was going to I was gonna ask, do you consider yourself a scientist? Not really, because I... I don't know, maybe I don't use that term very often because I don't want to try to isolate people because they might just think that I'm trying to show myself as one person or another. But no, I, I mm. think that um, scientists, they really do so much. And sometimes people don't understand and what they don't understand, they misinterpret and then they have a negative connotation maybe with the word science. But no, right. science is super important. So I think that's something that we always have to remind other people. And so 
in that way, I don't think I'm really changing after the march, except only it helped to bolster what I'm already doing, and I want to continue doing it more. I think that's a success in itself. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, the friends that march with me, I hope they feel the same way. And I hope that a lot of people that were marching feel the same way too. And taking action and doing what they can because we are a strong body of people and you know we march and then we're going to continue doing work after that and the message is clear we're not going to be silenced science won't be right. silenced i know that's a very cliche phrase that may have come from the march that was the best one i liked it they should that that should have been the chant i think well there was there were another ones like there is no planet b you know even though apparently we all want to go to How Mars. How is that a chant? It's not a chant. It's just like a, a slogan that was used throughout. Like, there is no planet B. Like, we have to take care of the planet we're on now, you know? No, I get it. I just don't feel like it would be a good marching down no, the street no, no, no. chant. <laughs> I think there was like, science won't be... I don't know. It was There was some other weird chant, but I think we should work on our chants next time, guys. Like, let's have a unified message. And then we, we sound more uh, together. And that's important. To get some human geographers on that to figure out like what's the best protest or like movement uh speech or kind of style style yeah because that's i mean some of them study that kind of yeah stuff. no for sure so and then also i saw on the march for science website so stem stands for science technology engineering mathematics right yes. so now i think they're gonna have or they're developing a new acronym that's actually steam which the a addition mm-hmm. to it refers to the arts and they think that the arts Ah, is uh, it helps to inject creativity into stem and i was like "Ooh, i like that (laughs) i like it a lot and because you know the arts are important and again sometimes as social scientists you and i we don't feel like we're respected enough in the science community and the arts is they're the same way right people are like oh you're you're artsy like you're not you're creative Ooh, creativity you know you're powerful and yeah. creativity what is super, you go to for that yeah right creativity yeah. is so powerful and it's an innovation comes from the arts you know so i think that's right. incredibly important and can be very monumental in how we look at stem and well now steam you know yeah i like steam better anyway than stem <laughs> it's an actual that sounds better yeah, well actually stem is an actual word too i'll say steam's an actual word but yeah, STEAM sounds more sciencey though than STEM. STEM is like biology. Oh, well, that's science for some people. No, I know, but I just feel like STEAM is more like science, <laughs> changing changing state versus something that's just there. Which one is that one? Which state are we changing to? Is it just evaporation? Liquid, liquid to gas. <laughs> for some reason, I was thinking about like sublimation or whatever, but that's not oh, right. No, Lord, I need to get back in the classroom yeah <laughs> back to sixth grade science for you i don't think i learned about sublimation until high school actually so we're just gonna oh, really yeah i don't know what i learned in sixth grade it's been a long time were you in honors science yeah i was oh <laughs> oh thought that might have been the difference <laughs> oh. well <laughs> apparently not might be might be might be So now we talked a little bit about the March for Science castle. Uh, I know you didn't go to the March for Science, but I mean, what have you been up to recently? Oh, you had to start with me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> there's no one else here, is there? Just, just me and you. Just you and me and Dakota <laughs> listening um, in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have I been doing? I've been doing a lot of paper writing because it's that time of the semester. Finishing classes. Yeah, not a lot of... I'm getting my paperwork ready to work at National Weather Service. 
um, trying to get my fingerprinting, my badge stuff going. It takes going. a long time to get all that um, stuff done, doesn't it? It does. It does. I, I was afraid that it would take forever because last time when I did my internship with FEMA, it took like two months to get my badge and stuff. So I was like, we need to get this started quick. But now with the potential government shutdown oh, yeah. in two days, Ugh. who who even knows how long it's going to take to get my paperwork You're so right. completed. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. You're so right about that. So I'm trying to get it submitted tomorrow so that it can at least be there before the government shuts down. Because otherwise I don't feel like I should even send it until it comes back up because who even knows like if it'll make it does their email still work <laughs> well actually i talked to somebody from the national park service today and they said no if if uh the shutdown happens they won't be able to respond to emails until the uh, shutdown is over so yeah. that could be i mean so i don't want to get lost last time in 2013 with the last shutdown right how long was that one how Correct. long did that one last it was 14 15 days okay, so a little bit over two yeah, weeks 15. so i mean that doesn't sound like too long but that's completely incredibly disruptive for people who are doing stuff on a day-to-day basis this is probably a silly question but the last government shutdown was like october 1st to the 16th okay so why is it in april now um so last time i think congress meets for a budget i don't remember when and maybe with the new administration things are now gotcha but then before so they may have waited to do the budget until after the new i'm assuming so because obama was still in office and it wasn't a transition period and he was president for eight years as well so yeah i'm not really sure so no not a dumb question (laughs) (laughs) but yeah other than that um i don't think i've been doing much yoga i'm sure everyone has seen the pictures of me doing shoulder stands Thank you, Doris, for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Doris that. is just taking all the snaps um, and the pictures and posting them on little social media. It's awesome. But yeah, I can't think of anything else fun that I've done. What about you? What have you been up to besides the science march? Last week was so busy. Like, there were so many things going on. I had the... So, we had an event at our school at ECU, and then the headliner was Dea, which is insane, because Woo-hoo. she's made it as, like, song of the week for so many, uh, maybe two or three times on I this know, podcast alone. Her. And I love her. I love her music and stuff. And so just imagine my surprise when I saw on the sign like a month ago, like Daya's coming. I was like, what? How did we get Daya? But um, yeah, my friends and I, we went and we got up pretty close to the front of the stage. Granted, there weren't that many people that were watching, maybe 400 tops. And I feel like she, she just played at Coachella the week before, which is a huge music festival. So I don't know how she felt about playing with like a tiny crowd at a college. <laughs> but hey, I mean, kudos to ECU for getting her. But she was singing with us, like singing a bunch of songs. She sang probably 12 songs total in that hour. God, that's insane. And that's incredible. And I know you mentioned that yeah, you saw her awesome. at Jingle Ball and that her voice yes. was good, but her her dancing, not so much, right? She had some issues walking around in her high heels. Uh, so I was going to ask you if she has had any more practice with I that. I don't know. I can't remember if she was wearing high heels or not, but she definitely like... I mean, she was dancing as much as she could, I guess, but she wasn't like the best dancer. She's not known for her dancing by any means. But every time yeah. she finished a song, she would like do this like little lean mm-hmm. and like a stare into the audience. I'm actually doing it right now <laughs> as we're recording. And it was just kind of oh, awkward. Sad, we can't see it. Was it was like a, uh. Yeah, like she was like modeling. Did she ever like slow one of her fast songs down 
and like sit behind a piano and do it. Yeah. I think that was for Sit Still yes. Look Pretty. She did that one. Yes. And so she did that at the con at Jingle Ball and people were not having it. Why not? They were like talking over her and it was just like ridiculous. Man, people are so rude. I was super upset. Well, yeah. what if when she started singing it, did people get into it? No. Really? That song? They were just talking over her. Yeah. Wow. I think because she slowed it down and people just like weren't having it. But it was like the most beautiful song when she slowed it down because you could really feel her like emotion and like her passionate experience behind the song when yeah. she slowed it down and like the true meaning of it so yeah no and she talked did she talk about what it meant to her like why she wrote no, it? no she didn't okay so she she really went into like why she wrote different songs and i really appreciated that like who she wrote it with and a little bit of her background i really liked that she did that but yeah, I've come to realize that from your experience and my experience from going to a jingle ball where you have multiple big artists, a lot of people in the yep. audience just aren't, they don't really care about those who are not as famous. They are going for nope. the people who are famous that perform towards the end. And I just find yep. it disrespectful because I want to hear all the songs totally. for all the people. And I don't want to be talking while someone's performing. This is rude. But yeah, no. But I mean, they're like, they're like teeny boppers. So what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, everyone had her, had her attention this time around. There were some songs. She probably played like four or five songs that I'd never heard before. And probably oh, a lot really? of people hadn't heard before. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess it's from her EP or from her album or whatever. But I didn't know what they were. Mm -hmm. But I still like jammed and grooved to it and stuff. But she played all of her songs. Uh, she played Words. She played, um, you know, uh, what's that one from the Chainsmokers? How did I just forget uh, this right now? Oh, don't let me down. Don't don't let me down. Yeah, she played yeah. that one, and she played another one. And at one point, what's the the new one that she has on feel the good right now? Does she? Yeah, did she play that one? Yeah, she did. That was really cool. Okay. And nice. um, she didn't play this one song, but it was a quick lull, and she was drinking some water, and I was like thirsty. I just like yelled it. She out. didn't do thirsty. No, she didn't. Oh, but I love thirsty. I yelled out thirsty, and then she looked over in my direction, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah, like that's funny. I like that." But she didn't actually sing it. <laughs> But at least she like she acknowledged it, so I was like, "Oh my god, I had a conversation." Did she realize <laughs> you were talking about the song? Yeah, though, no, she, she did. Did she just think she like, did? You were she like she saying, laughed in that oh way gosh, that you knew thirsty. that she okay. was talking about. I was talking about the song, so she knew. She knew for sure. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank you, Daya. Uh, but no, it was so awesome. I, I was so close to her. I don't think I've been so close to like a uh, performer like that before. That's actually pretty famous. She has a Grammy. You know, she's pretty pretty yeah. good. But yeah, no, that was awesome. But. Earlier on in that week, I actually went to another ECU event with uh, Tommy Lauren from The Blaze. You, do you know her? I do not, so I wish you would inform me. <laughs> yeah. Well, your wish is my command. So <laughs> she's on the network, or she was on the network called The Blaze, which is owned by conservative guy Glenn Beck. So I'm not trying to be like rude about it, but she has like super white blonde hair, and she's really young, and she has these videos that go viral on social media called like My Last Thoughts or something like that where she talks about really radical issues that are going on in society like she says something about how she thinks black lives matter is crap and all lives matter is where it's really oh, at wow. she's like she hates Colin Kaepernick for kneeling during the anthem she talks about other stuff too well ECU and a group here on campus invited her to come and so I went to the uh the program and it was probably like 80 percent conservative people who were like supporting her and 20 percent people who did not really like her at all but wanted to come out and hear what she had to say that was who mm -hmm. i was my friends were too right so no it was it was really interesting so she just recently got fired 
from the blaze because she actually had yeah, a i think i know who you're talking about now yeah she went on the uh, the view i think and said that she was actually pro-choice and not pro-life oh yes okay, you know her okay now. so yeah. she said that and then they like suspended her from the blaze and i think they that she's currently suspended if not already lost her job and they took her facebook account away from her so she can't post on facebook right now Ooh. so that's probably why you haven't seen any new videos or obviously she's not doing the, sh- the videos anymore but she can't even get on her facebook page to talk to people but she has a very on the videos a very aggressive tone the way she approaches things like she kind of yells and people are kind of like she's why does she keep on yelling why is she such an angry woman it definitely seems like that way on the video and when she came i didn't expect her to be angry and she wasn't really angry mm. if you watch the interview with tommy lauren and trevor noah on his show she came off the same way she did on that show that she did at the program that i went to like she still has her opinions she still makes jokes and laughs and she's on the defensive but she doesn't really answer the questions that you give her for example somebody talked to her about drug testing welfare recipients and saying that it's not really effective and it doesn't really work and she was like as a fiscally responsible um person who believes in fiscal responsibility you know i don't <laughs> think that that we should not test people who are on welfare i think my tax money is going to a great place if we're testing people because i don't want people on welfare who are druggies to get my money and I was like, well, you kind of missed the point because we're literally saying that they're using your money to test people and it's coming back like 90, nine, over 90% negative for those on welfare who are on drugs. So you're actually wasting money instead of saving yeah. money. And I'll, she kind of like just didn't even acknowledge that. And some people talked about like Black Lives Matter and she was like, yeah, like they're always rioting. They're always doing this crazy stuff and they're not a, they're not a good movement. They're not positive and they need to regroup. And I'm thinking you're pulling these little details and facts from you know, high profile cases and situations. Not every Black Lives Matter movement is about rioting or looting. You're only pulling from the Ferguson right. incident or the Baltimore incident, but you're not talking about the, the ones that ones. just get the most media. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that she was giving the typical response that you would get if you were being criticized for what she was. You know, I told my friends that if I had the opportunity, I would ask her a question. So here's what I asked her. Doing well. What's your name? Min. My name is Min. I'm a graduate student here at East Carolina. So you've talked today about being a good listener and talking to people, having discussions. We've talked about Black Lives Matter. We've talked about drug testing, um, welfare people. And you like listening to other people's opinions and other sides. When was the last time you heard an opposing position that made you challenge your own personal belief and made you change your mind about something you've thought about deeply with the way um, you think in in terms of uh, hot topics or anything like that? Sure. Well, actually, I I can tell you one example, and it's conversations that I've had, especially with this latest revelation in my life with the whole pro-life, pro-choice thing, because it's something that I struggle with a lot. As someone that's a Christian, I'm anti-abortion. But I had to take a moment, I had to speak to a lot of different people and hear a lot of different sides of this. And I'll actually tell you a story. I have a a good friend of mine, she's a a Catholic. She's an adamant Catholic, but she's also a police officer. And she's a detective in crimes against children. And she's pro-life her entire life. Her parents said, you know, you're pro-life, you're a Catholic. And that's what she believed. And she is anti-abortion with the best of them. But in her job and in her life, she has to be a detective for crimes against children. And she sees nine-year-old girls impregnated raped, molested, incest. She's seen those things and she said, guess what? I can't sit here and say that I have to be adamantly pro-life. I can see the other side. And I talk to people like that and I hear their stories, I hear their experiences, and that's what led me to that conclusion that in certain circumstances, I just, I believe in limited government. So that's the latest that I've seen. But also talking to people, I, I seek to understand. So whereas I might walk away, we might disagree on everything, I want to be able to put myself in your shoes. And I like to see things from your perspective. And that's on everything. 
And I think it, we can strengthen our own opinions by listening to other people. But you know, that's one that I had to struggle with a little bit. Because I did grow up conservative, I did grow up pro-life. But talking to people and getting a different perspective, putting myself in a situation that I've luckily never been in, has been something I've been doing for the last couple months. But thank you so much for your question. Yeah, thank you. So when you asked her that question, did you have the, like the pro-life or the abortion thing in mind? Did you think she was going to answer with that? Oh yeah, that's a good question. So I was hoping she wouldn't because she already brought it up mm. throughout the program. And I was hoping that I was going to say, besides your whole pro-life, pro-choice uh, change, is there anything gotcha. else? I didn't put that in there and I wish I did because she kind of gave me a, a softball answer. Like, yeah, you know, I changed my mind about this because we've been talking about it the whole time. She was really yeah. nice and respectful to me and I really appreciate that. But like I said, I didn't ask her anything complex because I knew that she wouldn't answer it anyway. And if I did, I would have asked her about science and climate change, which I'm glad I didn't because somebody else did. And they asked her about it. And mm. then she said, you know, do I believe that humans are changing the climate? You know, I do, but I don't think that we should be dealing with climate alarmists. And she's referring to scientists or whoever she thinks is being like overly uh, brash about like right. what's happening and she's citing examples like oh there are politicians who want to stop cows from farting and could that and you know puts methane into the atmosphere and i was like oh really of all the really? things you bring up you're gonna bring up that one because it makes us look stupid that pissed me off some students were asking questions and they kind of went around in circles when they asked the questions some of them brought up binders and were like reading off facts and i was like eh, that's not the most effective way what <laughs> Because then she made fun of him. She's like, oh, you got a big dictionary of, of words you're going to use against me? And obviously the crowd started laughing. But I think that um, some of the students could have asked her question in a more direct and powerful way as opposed to like beating right. around the bush, bringing in different things. Uh, some people did. Some some guys said, you know, I'm a unapologetic socialist. And how do you feel about socialism? And she said, you know, name a time when socialism's actually worked in a country. And so he started listing off countries. She's like, no, no, no. Like, those don't count. And I'm like, wait, why don't they count? Why don't they? She was, he was like Sweden, Denmark, like all these countries. He came at her pretty strong, and she was like, "No, honey, like all this stuff, blah blah blah." She's like, "When you use, you leave a, a Yelp review, like that's capitalism. If you leave like reviews or you do this or that, like that's capitalism." So, and then everyone started cheering. And I was like, "Oh God!" So, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I mean, whatever. I'm not pro, super pro socialist, super pro capitalist, but I believe a mix in yeah. in both could be effective. And so, yeah, she just kind of like shut him down. But she's like, I'm not I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying. And I was like, no, you're attacking him. But whatever. <laughs> so is she just on this tour now that she doesn't have a job or? <laughs> I don't know if she's on a like, tour. Is this her new Someone asked me about that job? too. I don't know if she's touring. I don't think she is. At least her website didn't say that. But she's currently in litigation trying to get her job back is what she was saying. Uh, and she was like, Tommy, don't ever back down. Like, don't mess with me. I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, all right, like you, you do you. Even if she gets her job back, it's not going to be a good environment. No. And plus, like, part of the litigation, they've said that, like, she doesn't get along with some of her coworkers and they don't like her. I don't know what the truth is. I don't oh, work at the Lord. Blaze and I never would want to work at the Blaze. But there's been people who have said stuff like that, too. So who knows? Maybe she doesn't get along with her people. I wouldn't want to go back to a place that fired me anyway, honestly. I'd rather go to yeah, somewhere else. Either. I think she's just going to Fox News. Like, honestly, I don't like Fox News, but I think that's where she belongs. The next step, I guess. Maybe, yeah. So I guess this is the time where we talk about our song of the week. Castle, what would you like to introduce as your song of the week? I would like to introduce a song called Lost in Your Light featuring Miguel. It's by 
Dway <laughs> Le- Dway Lipa. I'm slaughtering the name, but it's D U A space L I P A. Dway Lipa. I don't know. I have no idea. I've never heard her on the radio. Normally, I go to the. How did they say their own name on the radio? But I've never heard her name on the radio. At least I don't think so. Yeah. So it's a really good song. I don't really know what it's about, but I <laughs> enjoy the song. I enjoy singing it, and. It has a really good beat in there. It's I'm I'm a sucker for a good duet, and it's a good du- it's an awesome duet. Okay, see, I was kind of half expecting you to pull out that uh, Justin Bieber song where he sings in Spanish. I know. It What's was, that one called? It was hard. Despacito. Despacito. At one point, I was like something about a burrito, and I was like, what? No, it's un poquito. It says un poquito. Just well, I know that bit. part, but I thought they rhymed it with like, oh, da, da, salsa, barito. <laughs> no. oh my gosh, this is and so bad on so many it. levels. Sorry, sorry. I thought they said that, and I was like, this is weird. Why would they sing about a burrito? <laughs> no, I'm a burrito. I'm oh, that's such a real. good song. Did she say I'm a burrito? She didn't say yeah, that, does she? That's the name she of does? the song, burrito. I thought it was Hoku. Um, it is. It's Hoku, but I thought the name was something else. I thought it was called How Do I Feel? I Miss You For Real. How burrito is in it though i miss you for real but she didn't say i'm a burrito does she burrito is a lyric i swear well it I'm... is it was like i'm something da 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 you were eating a burrito with yes, girl. yes 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 yeah. but it wasn't like the song never said i'm a burrito <laughs> no but it kind of sounds like it it does it does that's I'm why i was burrito. i miss you for rito <laughs> oh i love that song so much what was it from like snow day I, I think so, but it was like early 2000s, right? Ah, oh, loved Hoku Can I Can so I put that much. as my song of the week? <laughs> sure. You know, we should start doing throwback. We don't have to always do new songs. Maybe we can That's do some true. throwback songs too. It's just what I'm always listening to. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Well, I mean, I guess I don't really have a throwback and I have a different song other than the burrito song. <laughs> um, but mine is Alessia Cara, which I know we always use Alessia Cara or Alessia. Dale or blah, blah, blah. But she's a freaking saint. I love her. And she has a new song called The Other Side that I heard on the Spotify Pop Rising playlist. And what movie was that on? Did we determine? The Get Down 2. It's a Netflix original. And it's like a hip hop musical, you said? Yeah, that's what it said. I have okay. never watched it. So like you, I don't really know what my song's about quite yet, but I used to sing it in the shower. Preach. And so I'm cool with that, you know? Along exactly. with the Moana song, like I'm I'm totally down to sing anything by her. And also the song Stay, which I, I think I had that song as the song of the week. No, we never on. picked it. We never picked it. Did we and not? It, no, because I thought you were going to pick it. So I didn't pick it. And then it just made me upset. Pissed oh. me off. <laughs> But it it's such a off. good song. It's what amazing you song. Off? I didn't piss you off. Or yeah, the fact because that it was never chosen. Yeah, the fact that it was never chosen because I thought you were picking it, so then I did not pick you it. You could have picked it, it this went, time. It went unnoticed, and we well, did that to her. We did that to Alessia. How dare we do that to her? <laughs> snap, 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 snap. Okay. <laughs> but it's um, an amazing song. Did you watch the new music video yet? I did. It's oh my crazy. god! All right, quick spoiler alert. Uh, uh, um. So Turn off now. <laughs> yeah, if you don't want to hear about the music video, you can stop it here, here, and, and watch it. I don't think it, anyone but, uh, has ever given a spoiler alert for a music video. <laughs> I mean, it happens. <laughs> but like, so she meets Zed in an elevator, and they like get along. They go to get coffee together, and then not the first time. Well, not the first. Th- okay, anyway, I'm just gonna tell you the Sparknote version. <laughs> but eventually, they do. After like, it awkwardly rewinds, and they all get out of bed. Yeah. And they all hang out, and they have a beautiful day. And then all of a sudden, he gets hit by a car and dies. Yeah. And I was not expecting that. I was but like, oh, he doesn't yay. because time restarts. 
and he does, does it, it though? again. Yeah, I mean, because he pulled the... the sheet back down. Yeah, so I time know. Restarted. But why did it restart? Because it wasn't a favorable outcome. He thought that was the favorable outcome was when he would meet the girl and fall in love with her. Oh. But then he realized it wasn't, so he had to he re- just... go back and redo it and go through life without her instead. It's just a weird. You have to watch the music video to understand. I guess. It was, I, I was like, it was I don't crazy. Know. It was trippy. The crazy part was like when they put the sheet over him because he died, and then that's when you realize that oh my gosh, that was the, that could have been the white sheet that he pulled down like in the morning, and so it's like this crazy like parallel universe that comes together at the end. It's like it was what? very well done, I think. Um, and then you asked the question too. You're like, who gets coffee with somebody they've never met? I feel like yeah. I would if I had time. Honestly, I probably would. I just I feel like that's so weird. I mean, who? How many times? Are the, I mean, I think they in could murder and, you. They could, but not at the coffee shop. I mean, getting in the car with them after the coffee, yeah. that could be and bad. But she's like standing up in the convertible. It's like, put your seatbelt on, Alessia. That's, that's dumb. Yeah, she could have gotten hurt. We can't lose you, Alessia. We can't. We can't. We need you. We won't have any songs of the week. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go back to all your other songs. And let's be real. Your career hasn't been that long. But nope. But I do like all your songs, though. But yep, that's my song of the week. Awesome. Um, I guess we should kind of wrap it up then, huh? It's been yeah, going on for a decent amount. All right. Well, you can find us in a variety of places, including facebook.com slash weatherhype or weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype, both words, weather and hype, or you can send us a fantastic email at weatherhype at gmail.com. And as always, we love reviews. So if you'd like to review us, feel free to on iTunes or your favorite Google Android app for podcasts. We should probably quickly shout out our April charities that we would like everyone else to join us in sharing the love and just donate any money if you can, or if not, try and go and do something out in your community to give back. Yeah. What's your charity of the month? So my charity is called Food for Sharing. It's something that Publix does. And basically what it is, is you go and when you check out, they they have three different options. And so you can pick a different uh you can pick a meal for like a family in your community and so they bag everything up and give it to them so it's a great way to both help your local community and uh help someone in need yeah i know Publix is great and they always do that kind of stuff and that's why i love Publix. so that's cool what about you what is your charity this month yeah so i saw an npr article and i read (laughs) into it and it was kind of a spur of the moment but it's for St. Michael's Association for Special Education, and they're part of the Navajo Nation, Native Americans who are in Arizona. And it's a special education school, and they don't have clean water. Their water is, like, black or yellow or brown. And it has a really smelly, uh, I guess, smell and taste to it when it comes mm, out of the, uh, the tap. And they can't get, you know, the money, all the money, or people to even, like, fix that problem. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars, and... You know, in my mind, we've seen so many issues like the Dakota Access Pipeline and just in history, how we disrespect the Native Americans of our country. And I just thought, you know, this would be a good opportunity to help them out because, you know, this is not tolerable. Nowhere could you have this type of water in a school system and people be OK with it. So why are we letting it happen to Native Americans? And I said, you know, what, I'm going to do my part to help because this is not cool. And so hopefully that money will help go towards a system where they can have clean drinking water for everybody, especially those special education students. Fantastic. So, Sounds yeah, ooh, I feel like I just got really passionate again. Um, no, that's good. But yeah, no, like feel free to donate. And if you can't donate again, just do something in your community in the world 
to uh, show that you care because it's not always an opportunity that we have and when you do have it you know make a difference very important yay whoop Alrighty, i guess uh until next time until next time stay, stay hype. hype bye <laughs> oh my gosh it's so hot in this closet The politicians aren't advocates for science, and the public right now is not necessarily a big advocate for science, so it's up to the scientists to be advocates. I think it all starts with education, getting people more interested in science-related fields, letting them know what it's about, how diverse it is, and how important it is for the Earth, for humanity, for everybody, regardless of who you are, where you come from, what political party you affiliate with. It's important, and it starts with education. We use our opinions to, to craft policy about scientific matters, then that's going to end up being bad for the country, bad for the world, yeah. and uh, that's not going to make America great again. Dua You like that, don't you? Dua Lipa. Du- Dua Lipa. <laughs> you sound so dumb. Dua Lipa. The art looks like if you want. Dua Lipa.